0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the fifth episode of the Mike Partner Show. I'm doing this one pre-recorded because we actually have our first interview. I'm really excited to bring on Ben Schoen, who's a Penn State men's hockey player. He has 37 points in 61 career games. Kid's an utter stud. It was great talking to him about... His overall hockey journey coming up in America, playing in the UASHL, deciding to go down the college route, how he chose Penn State, what his experience has been like, and some of the other studs that he's played with and played against in his career. So that's going to be at the end of the show. First off, we're going to go through some topics because a lot has happened in the hockey world over the past couple years, obvious past couple of days, past couple of years. Uh, Mike Babcock obviously fired. I did a full video on that. I'm not going to talk about the Mike Babcock thing, but I am going to talk about Yarmo Kakalainen and his overall job security and if he should have been fired or not. We're also going to go over Shane Pinto. He's still a restricted free agent, and Ottawa doesn't really quite have the money for him right now. It's not really like a Trevor Zeger situation where they're just not negotiating. Senators got to do something to move money in order to sign him. And then lastly, we're going to go over a pretty serious topic. Alexander Ovechkin, some comments regarding the pride-themed jerseys came yesterday from a Russian interview that he did. We're going to go into that lastly. And then the Ben Show interview and on a positive. We talked for like 36 minutes. I was expecting only 15, but I was elated that we just really dove into the, his career and overall hockey as a whole. So I'm really excited for that. But without further ado, let's get into our first question. This comes from Bryce. Saw Frank Saravalli write a pretty scathing article on Yarmo and how he should have been fired as well. Do you think he should be fired after this utter gong show? So obviously, Kakalinen. Was the guy that brought in Mike Babcock, him and him and the president of hockey operations? It was their choice. They really needed to hit on this hire when looking at Mike Babcock because they were coming at off such a dreadful year. And Yarmo Kakalaiden as a whole has been there for literally over a decade. He was hired spring of twenty thirteen. So this was kind of his last probably his last coaching hire, unless it really worked out. It could have been his last coaching hire, but apparently not, because now it obviously ended in utter disaster and the Columbus Blue Jackets came out with a statement saying, yeah, he's he's going to stay. Uh, we still have faith in him. He's, he's our guy. It, he's definitely on. We're definitely disappointed in him. That statement was kind of along those lines of like, we're disappointed. We're going to hold him accountable, but we're not going to fire him. We're going to give him another shot. And then Frank Saravalli, I think before maybe even that came out, he wrote this brutal article basically being like, yeah, Mike Babcock's gone, but why the hell is Frank why the hell is Yarmo Kakalinen still here? He went in on him. So I kinda wanted to go over some of that right now. Wait, that's the tweet. Um yeah, this is Frank Saravalli's article. He says GM Jarmo Kakalinen somehow thanked Babcock for his hard work, which included allegedly <laughs> inspecting players' camera rolls and professionalism and working with the team to step down. No joke. If Babcock had any professionalism, he'd still be employed. So he really went at him in this and just overall said basically that Jarmo Kakeleinen is the general manager of this organization. So the fact the buck in the leadership kind of has to stop with him. Buck stops with him. Yeah, that's the saying. So when you look at your general manager, especially a guy that's been here for over a decade and is coming off his worst season yet, how does that guy survive this kind of scandal where it's without a doubt one of the not biggest – it is one of the biggest hockey scandals in the NHL. It like, obviously got figured out. There's not horrible ramifications like, say, the 2018 World Juniors, but this is it. this is – been one of the worst looks for the nhl in recent years so you look at that the guy that's been here for over a decade that hasn't really posted amazing results they've made the playoffs five out of those 10 seasons they've only won one playoff series how does he survive that especially because it's been started off pretty rough then they actually did pretty decent now they're back on the downturn they probably should be better this year but like the, the downward momentum season over season has been dissipating. So you look at Yarmo Kakaline, it's pretty surprising that he still has a job. I thought he should have got fired after bringing in Johnny Goudreau on that massive deal, obviously, doing the line A trade. This season, they should have been far better, even with Zach Grewenski getting hurt like 10 games into the season. I thought that they were extremely disappointing. It's unacceptable to be like the worst team in the entire NHL. And also, I think Saravali made a good point when looking at Columbus, he's had this job security, but other markets like Buffalo, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, they are not as easy on their general manager. For example, in Buffalo, Jason Botterell, he only lasted three seasons when they were going through their rebuild, and they said, yeah, this isn't working, get out of here. So it's weird that Columbus, again, they aren't this massive hockey market, so maybe you can't have the expectations that you have in Toronto, that you have in New York, that you have in Montreal, but the fact that He's been there for over a decade, and the results haven't been there, and they just went through this controversy. You would think that with most organizations, if a general manager had the same track record, and then he was the guy that hired... Guy that got fired, that they would end up being gone. So it's really weird for Columbus that they're kind of sticking by this guns. If they were coming off a Eastern Conference finals run, I could understand it. He's like, oh, his vision is so clearly working. And I do think Columbus is going to be a much improved team. They simply have to be because they have so many young guys. They brought in Severson, brought in Provorov, but he doesn't have the track record to survive this kind of thing. I think it's really weird. Uh, it's just going to keep Columbus mid if we, if they keep on having Yarmo. He's done some really good things. The Panarin trade, uh, Line A trade was probably a net win just because they were able to keep Line A, unlike Pierre Luc Dubois, who immediately wanted out and the Jets ended up having to trade him. But there's been some definitely wins in some Yarmo Cacalina and some very solid draft picks. Seth Jones trade was also fantastic. Wawinski, they got him like eighth overall. Uh, there's definitely been some wins, but overall. If he doesn't succeed after this year, if they are not at least an 80-90 point team, 85-90 point team, he should definitely be gone. Because th- th- this season, he this summer, he went all in, and obviously the decision blew up in his face. So looking at Jarmo Kakalainen, it, it is probably a make or break year. I made, I made a Clutch Points video saying that it was his... That he is on the hottest seat in the entire general manager. I made that like weeks ago before this Mike Babcock thing. And now it is literally do or die. He might have more pressure on him than Pierre Dorian, Who has a new owner. And obviously pretty high expectations. But let me know in the comments. What do you think about Yarmo Kakaline? And do you think he survives? Moving on. Speaking of the Senators. Looking at the Senators. Shane Pinto. Wait, let me just restart this. Shane Pinto remains unsigned. Can't, oh my god. What am I saying? All right. We got a question coming from Emmanuel. Shane Pinto remains unsigned and camp starts very soon. Is this a serious concern? I've seen some mock trades, but surely they'll make something work, right? So looking at Shane Pinto, he obviously had a very good rookie year. He had 20 goals and 15 assists as a 22-year-old, playing around second-line-ish minutes because Josh Norris got hurt at the start of the season. So although maybe he's not a Kachuk, a Stutzla, or Josh Norris, like a key, key, key piece of this core. I do think he is a pretty valuable player. He's a very hard-nosed, two-way guy for the Ottawa Senators this year. Whoops. And you look at him, he's very good defensively. His finishing actually wasn't that good, even though he scored uh, 20 goals. I think going forward, he is going to be that third-line center for the Ottawa Senators that they're really going to need. A third-line center is massive for a team, especially considering he's so good defensively. I think he can develop into that. J.G. Peugeot type, like, I don't talk about my Islanders, and he was also on the Senators, but that kind of player that can give you 20 and 20 as well as I think he was like 53% on face-offs, solid defensively. So I don't think that he's going to be this superstar. I don't think that he's irreplaceable, irreplaceable. But when you look at Shane Pinto, you're probably not trading for him and getting a player of equal value. There was actually a trade proposal, apparently from the Philadelphia Flyers, saying that they were willing to, take matthew joseph's contract along with shane pinto and they basically said no so looking at the auto senators there's one guy that obviously is on the chopping block because right now they only have eight hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars. looking at shane pinto he's probably going to want to deal around the morgan frost talking about the flyers the morgan frost contract morgan frost this year had 19 goals and 27 assists for 46 points so one less gold pinto but also seven more assists so i think something in that range 2.1 million dollars maybe 2.2, maybe two, I don't really know. It's about fair for Shane Pinto. That's probably where he's going to end up. So they need to clear about one, probably one, 1.5, just to be safe of cap space. So yeah, you do that. You trade Matthew Joseph. Matthew Joseph, I believe, is making around $2.5 million next year to be in Ottawa's bottom six for the most part, maybe even their fourth line. He is obviously not as valuable as Shane Pinto. So you got to somehow dump Joseph in order to give Shane Pinto Basically, Joseph's uh, salary, I think you got to do that in a heartbeat, even if that means attaching a second round pick to it just to keep Shane Pinto. Because, again, if you end up trading him, you might get a roster player that is maybe of equal value right now for the next season. But he's probably going to be like 28, 29 thickly in his prime versus Shane Pinto, who's 22 and is only going to get better, has already showed that he can give you 20 goals and play. 15, 60 minutes of second-line center play, I, I don't think you can let that go with Shane Pinto. Is, is it going to be make or break for the f- Senators' rebuild if they have to trade him? No, but I don't think, it, I don't think that they're going to get to that point where they have to. We are coming up on training camp, though, so it is a little scary, but I think a Shane Pinto deal is eventually going to happen. They're going to move Joseph. Travis Hammonick has like a no-movement clause, so that kind of sucks for them, but I think eventually a Shane Pinto... Signing will happen. This isn't a Trevor zegris where they have the salary cap, they're just messing around. Obviously, something's in the works from Pierre Dorian. He's gonna make some type of trade happen and get it done. And Shane Pentel is gonna be an auto senator. Long Island native. Love me some Shane Pentel. Which wish the islanders drafted him, but they didn't. And obviously he's all my senators now. So really looking forward to that. I think. Should happen in the next two weeks. If not, if they go into the season without Shane Pinto, it's going to be really unfortunate, but maybe Joseph starts playing some good hockey and they can boost the value and be able to dump him. But looking at that, I think Pierre Dorian is eventually going to get Shane Pinto traded. Okay, so moving on, we wanted to talk about the Alexander Ovechkin pride comments, so let's go to that question. Ovechkin just gave some quotes about the NHL pride jerseys. Is this him being homophobic, or is it just doing it to appeal to the Russian government? As a proud ally, the quote was really disappointing to read. So yeah, Alexander Ovechkin yesterday, or maybe two days ago, in a Russian interview, gave some quotes, and in it he talked about Dominic Hashik, and more importantly, and more impactfully, he did talk about the NHL's pride jerseys, some of the players that decided to not wear them, and the NHL as a whole deciding to scrap them. I saw two different quotes of this, first from NHL breakers which, yeah, he was recently interviewed and when asked directly about his thoughts on the NHL stepping in in regards to players refusing to wear pride warm-up jerseys and the eventual banning of the jerseys altogether, he said, I'm glad the NHL stopped giving into political pressure. The world needs more of this. What else can I say? Well done. It shouldn't be like that everywhere. But the actual quote that I mainly saw that was actually reported by articles and not Instagram accounts was just talking about the players that, did did not wear the pride jerseys in the NHL's leadership for not imposing any sanctions, and it's the same quote. So when looking at this, before we really dive into it, I just gotta say two things. First off, it wasn't Russian. There's there's a chance that this was poorly interpreted by whoever wrote this article, whoever got the original quote. There's a chance we gotta leave, we gotta leave it up to. We can't say that it is definitive until we see the actual like article. I haven't seen like the actual article and it actually properly translated or. Like a direct source saying, yeah, that's basically what he said. And second off, me personally, I would wear the pride jersey. I would show support to that community. I think hockey's for everybody. That is how we should operate in this league. I'm not afraid of a goddamn jersey. I'm an ally of the community. I would wear it. I would happily wear it. I think a lot of them look fantastic, a lot better than other teams' warm up jerseys or some of the other theme night jerseys. But overall, with this Ovechkin thing, it is kind of disappointing to hear one of the biggest superstars in the entire league come out with a quote like this. I understand that he is straight out of Russia. Vladimir Putin's like right-hand guy. I think that his profile picture is still Vladimir Putin. So it's definitely, he's not, this isn't like Conor McDavid coming out, a guy from the, West, from the Western Hemisphere, progressive guy out of nowhere. I can't say I'm too shocked by Ovechkin saying this. I think in relation to the NHL, punishing James Reimer, Ivan Provorov, the guys that didn't wear it. I can see where he's coming from on that. Like, You should have some freedom of choice to be able to wear what you wear, especially optional uh, theme night uniforms. I can see where he's coming from. Again, me personally, I would just wear the goddamn jersey because hockey's for everybody. It's a jersey. You're not going to go to hell just because you wear a goddamn jersey, and especially Religions nowadays, especially Christianity, I don't know about Russian Orthodox. Christianity is becoming more and more accepting of that community and realizing, oh, that's ridiculous. Like f- 1920s, what they were preaching is is nonsense. So, in looking at the Pride jerseys, again, I- I'm not. I don't think Alexander Ovechkin hates LGBT LGBTQ members. I don't think that he he's that malicious. I don't think that he's saying yeah scrap those jerseys. They're horrible. I think more so what he's just saying is hopefully that players should just have the freedom to be able to choose what they wear in regards to these jerseys and shouldn't be punished. Shouldn't be suspended multiple games for that. That's what I hope that he's saying, but it is still very disappointing to hear that considering Ovechkin was one of the guys that didn't participate in his team's pride night. They didn't wear jerseys, but they taped their sticks for warmups ups. And because it's the Capitals, because it's Ovechkin, you didn't hear about it because the Capitals didn't make it a big deal. They didn't interview Ovechkin. They didn't have reporters interview Ovechkin after and ask questions. The NHL really went hush-hush about Alexander Ovechkin not participating in this. And it's disappointing. It's disappointing that Ovechkin won't do that. I understand the Russian implications. He's Putin's guy. Uh, Russia, very anti-LGBTQ and all that stuff. But yeah, for... For a guy in the year of 2023 to still be holding some of these beliefs is definitely unfortunate. I'm not going to push my beliefs onto him, but it is it is disappointing that some players in the NHL, because the thing is with this is 95, 96, 97% of NHL players are happy to wear these jerseys. They understand that hockey is for everybody, that the LGBTQ uh that they're a massive fan base within hockey. They're a growing, rapidly growing fan base within hockey, and we should make them feel included in this game that we all love. So most, most NHL players are uh, are for this. They 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 get up for this game. They love they love rocking the pride jerseys because again, some of the pride jerseys look better than most of the theme night jerseys. They have really done a good job designing those jerseys. So it just thinks that it just thinks that uh most players love it. Most players love that night. Love to show support to that community, but it's just a couple people: the James Reimers, the Ivan Provorovs, Alex Ovechkins. That that feel feel that they're in their right to express their freedom of speech and not wear those jerseys. And as a result, it seems like all the progress that goes into those nights, just a couple guys deciding not to participate. It feels like we just we just the, all the good work is taken back by it, which is really unfortunate. And I, I personally really hate to see like the Ivan Provorov. Everybody else wore the jerseys. It was probably a great night in Philadelphia. People felt welcome. But then once the reports came out, oh, Ivan Provorov. No, he he didn't feel like wearing it. And, and he played that night. I'm sure if I was a member of that community, I, I would be pretty disappointed in Ivan Provorov. Do, do I think that they should be nonstop attacked on social media? Of course not. They are expressing their... Their freedoms, uh, it, do I think it is a little bit backwards of of freedoms to not include a group? I kind of do, but I, I'm not going to be the one that's that's on social media absolutely bashing them for it. I don't think that even James Reimer, Provorov, Ovechkin, again, I don't think that they hate that community. I think that they they just think because of their religious beliefs, because of the community that they're in, that to promote it maybe in their minds is just not... Right, which I I have a hard time wrapping my head around, but everybody has their own decisions to make, and as a result of this, the NHL overall has decided to get rid of theme night jerseys, which which I do think is, from a marketing business standpoint, from a business standpoint, PR standpoint, I get where they're coming from that they're just going to scrap them all. I think military, hockey fights cancer, all of it, just to avoid controversy that comes with the pride night because again it stinks but so many players do love it so many players wear it but but the the blowback that they got from it was so strong because some of their base is i mean a lot of some of their bases are on far of both sides far of both sides which is most sports but like hockey i found is like there's a very 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 progressive side a very 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 conservative side then you got me and hopefully most people in the middle so there's they're the Ivan Provorov night was one of the most controversial nights I've ever seen on, on hockey social media. So they're just scrapping it. They're deciding that it's not, which sucks, that it's not, that the juice is not worth the squeeze, which is a very disappointing message for the NHL to send, but I can kind of see where they're coming from, from a controversy standpoint. Overall, I, I wish that they did stick to it and just said, oh, if players don't want to wear it disappointing but they're in their rights but the 95% of players that do want to wear the jerseys and show support to that group they are more than happy to the fact that they're just scrapping it as a whole is pretty disappointing the fact that as a result they have to scrap hockey fights cancer scrap military appreciation night I I, I don't like that it's just very disappointing but well let's move on moving on that's too sad of disappointing of a topic not disappointing, but just like too somber of a topic I hope that Can change his mind. I hope the NHL eventually goes back to the pride jerseys. But moving on, we got a really exciting interview with Ben Schoen. Ben Schoen, obviously, men's Penn State men's hockey. Penn State's really been on the come-up in recent years. So I got the chance to uh, sit down with him over Riverside Zoom and talk about his career as a whole. So I'm gonna throw you over to that interview. I just smashed the mic. Throw you over to that interview and Thanks for watching what's going on guys. Welcome to the first ever interview on the Mike partner show. I am more than happy to be welcomed by Penn state's very own Ben shown. He has 37 career points in 61 games for the lions and is gearing up for a big time junior season. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing
1: good, man. Thanks for having me. Excited
0: to be here. Excited to be here. Ah, dude it's it's my pleasure happy happy to expose the world to some college hockey i'm definitely trying to there we go. get into this there space more i feel like it's way undercovered people like care about like canadian junior hockey so much but hockey college hockey just gets underrated so much
1: yeah it's definitely a market that hasn't really been tapped into as much as it could be um i mean obviously everything college hockey's trying to get that going and they've done a great job so far but like yeah i mean it's just it's not very it's not marketed very well I mean the Big Ten does a good job, obviously it's a lot more money involved in the league, so um, marketing and t v deals is a lot easier, but definitely some of the smaller schools um it's a tough tough to get you know their games on t v and stuff but hopefully it just keeps growing It's definitely grown a lot more recently, but definitely could be a lot bigger
0: yeah i feel like i feel like with this year like fantillion michigan like arguably the biggest brand in the entire sport you had logan cooley matthew nyes snuggerud on minnesota you had like some of the biggest stars and just like biggest prospects in hockey on some of the biggest teams in college hockey so this year i definitely saw like a spike in overall interest with my personal following and just overall so hopefully definitely that can continues yeah. But, yeah yeah i but, mean uh, like
1: Having Logan Cooley and, like, guys like Fantilli is just, it's, I mean, it's insane getting to play with them or play against them. But, like, just, like, whenever we play Minnesota or, like, Michigan, like, the game's completely sold out. Like, everyone's watching. Like, especially this year in the Frozen Four, I think having both Michigan and Minnesota in, like, I know the TV ratings or something were one of the best just because probably those two guys, honestly. And, like, Michigan does a great job. Like, they're always – pretty hyped up and everyone's following Michigan, uh, Minnesota too. Now. I mean, they just constantly are bringing in first rounders. I mean, my freshman year, I freaking played Owen power, Ken Johnson, Bortolo, like Maddie Beniers, all on the same team. It was just like, it was unbelievable. Such a cool experience. So definitely the big teams do a good job with that.
0: Yeah. Speaking on that is, is there any player or team in particular this year that you're like really gearing up for in the big 10 or maybe at a conference got like a a game circled on your schedule almost?
1: Hmm. This year, I'm trying to think who's... We lost a lot of the big names for sure. Um, um I think just like, I mean, it's always fun to play uh, Michigan. Um, they're always bringing whoever, you know. I don't really know exactly who their big, big prospect is this year coming in, but, I mean, they're going to... I played with gavin brindley who just got drafted like first overall in the second round and he's a really good hockey player and guys like seamus casey those types of guys are just so fun to play against they're so talented and it's tough like being on the ice against them but i mean i'm used to it like growing up when i played in the ushl i played against that ntp team with jack hughes and caulfield and zegris and like it was just I almost wanted to just be on the bench just so I could watch these guys play. Like it was just study them so take sick. Them Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah, was probably I... the coolest hockey game for sure.
0: Yeah, I remember you telling me when we when DM back and forth that you that you roomed and played with Matthew Nice. Like, what was that kind of experience like playing yeah. with him? And how, how do you think that he is as a player and gonna be?
1: So I was originally playing for Youngstown, and then I got traded um, to Tri City, where where Matt Nice was playing and um he's just an awesome guy such a good good kid and like he just loves hockey man like he is built for hockey's six two or six three like absolutely in the best shape of his life and just like a man against boys when we were playing in the ushl but um i think he's unbelievable i played against him when he was at minnesota um, he just plays the right way. Like he's smart with the puck. He doesn't force anything. If he plays, if he has to chip in and go hit a body, he'll do that. Like he kind of brings it all. He'll kill penalties, block shots. Like he's a guy that can just do everything. And I mean, if you put him with the right players in Toronto, I think the the sky's the limit for that kid for sure
0: yeah it was it was personally watching him with the Leafs right now like you didn't you didn't realize that he was a rookie that he was playing like his fifth or sixth game in the n h l he obviously had like the grown body of NHLer, but he also had the intelligence and the skill to keep up but going more towards your career, I know you recently had at the end of last season or midway through you had a knee injury, so I kind of just want to ask like how's it going how's rehabilitation? are you feeling one hundred percent and yeah that was yeah, a it... tough that was a tough uh tough injuries like
1: game 12 or 13 of the season was kind of just getting started um had a really good start to the year and then got into big 10 play was kind of struggling and then i got hit into the boards and i actually shattered my ankle so like kind of just exploded into like 12 different pieces so had two surgeries on that um rehab's been great though um Doctors have been awesome. We're kind of working on that. The plan this year is to kind of just see how it goes. And um, not really sure the timeline of when I'll be back, but hopefully uh, hopefully mid-season. But uh, last year was tough. Obviously, we had a, a really good team at Penn State. And to sit in the stands and watch us lose to, to Michigan in overtime to be yeah. one goal away from going to the Frozen Four was tough. But, um, you know, hopefully this year's better, and hopefully I can heal up quick.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's that. I remember that. I remember watching that Penn State Michigan game, and if they had you, it obviously could have went a different way if they were in overtime. Yeah. But uh, what do you think of the team as a whole? I I saw that you guys did lose some senior leadership last year; a couple guys departed. What's kind of your expectations for the team this year?
1: Yeah, we lost we lost a lot of uh, upperclassmen for sure. Um, I think we're gonna be a young team. We've got some, you know, pretty good incoming freshmen. Um, one of the guys, Aiden Fink, who actually funny story i drafted the last pick with nashville which was pretty cool in the draft with the whole gm thing but he's a stud he's a good hockey player and like i said the big 10 is i mean it, all, all the best players try to go to the big 10 now i feel like you look at i mean the last three drafts the big 10s had guys in the top five every year so like it's so tough every night is a battle you never have a night off so um we just try to go into every night and play our best. And last year we did a great job. I thought we were really confident. And, I mean, first two Big Ten games of the season were against Michigan, who was number one, and then the following was Minnesota number one, and we beat them both. So we're still a younger program, but I think we're really starting to come around. And um, like I said, we were one goal away from the Frozen Four. So hopefully this year we can uh, get to the Frozen Four.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I was looking at Penn State hockey as a whole. I didn't realize that you guys became – d1 in like 2011 and already you guys are pretty consistently making the ncaa tournament so what so i guess parlaying that like being coached under guy godowski how has that been how has he helped you elevate your game and just overall his coaching style
1: yeah he's uh he's the best like he's one of those coaches that like he's not gonna just overflow you with systems and harp on defense he loves like i mean For like five years in a row, we had we were one of the highest scoring teams in the country. We have I think we averaged the most shots every year in the country. Like he just loves to play offense, loves to shoot, um, and harps on that a lot. So he's a really fun coach to play for. Um, I enjoy it. He's super enthusiastic. He's got a missing tooth. Like the guy has it all. He's just an absolute beauty around the rink and loves his job, which is what you want as a coach. You want someone that loves it, wants to be there, cares about you. So playing for him is super easy.
0: Uh, ah yeah, yeah that yeah, based on what I saw and what I read about him, he seems like the absolute guy. What has been your favorite college hockey moment in your career thus far? man um, probably my
1: freshman year um I'm from Ohio, um uh, born and raised in Toledo, so every time we play the buckeyes it's uh it's always a big game, and a lot I have a lot of my family that are Buckeye fans, so they they always tune in when we're playing them and um it was kind of just one of those games where everything went the right way it's uh there's actually a video it's crazy it's like all documented on uh youtube penn state hockey story and it's we were you know i had a first goal was i assisted to my my line mate danny and then scored the second goal of the game to tie it up and then we went into a shootout and i got the nod and was able to win it in the shootout that was uh Had a lot of family there. It was a pretty cool experience. And then for it to be on the internet and all my buddies to watch is is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. I I think I saw that clip with your shootout win just overall with Penn State. why, Why did you choose Penn State? Why did you choose to become a Nittany Lion versus other potential schools that offered you? What really stood out about the team and the program as a whole?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously like, our atmosphere at Pagool Ice Arena, like it's all over the internet. It's insane. The roar zone, the, the, the crowd we get each night is, I mean, I think we have the best attendance in college hockey. If not one of them, it's just so fun all the time. Every game is packed and the atmosphere atmosphere is ridiculous. Uh, And then the school, like going to football games, like we got our whiteout football game this weekend. Like we're going to go tailgate and then go watch a game in front of 110,000 people with all your best friends. Like, It's, like, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life going to the White Out football games. It's second to none. So that's obviously fun. And then after the game, you get to go hang out with 60,000 students. Like, it's just so much going on all the time. It's an absolute blast. Um, You just, you're never bored here. You're always having fun. And I think just the hockey side, like I said, Gads, our coach, is just when he's recruiting you, you almost feel like you guys are friends. Like he doesn't feel like your coach. He's just that good of a guy. So it's kind of a no-brainer for me to to leave Ohio and come down to Happy Valley.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think I saw it was on your Instagram story, maybe that like the student tickets like sold out within like the day at Penn State for like the entire oh, season. Yeah. That is that is oh, absolutely insane. I'm sure some programs don't even sell out like most games or even get eighty percent over Yeah.
1: it sold out in like an hour, man. It was
0: insane.
1: Yeah, it started right. at six AM and was sold by like seven o two AM. It was <laughs> insane.
0: That yeah, wait, it's, it was at six AM. So you tell me, like college students were waking up at six AM to get out. Yeah, <laughs> that's dedication. That is dedication. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I, I saw that before. You were committed to Miami of Ohio, right? But then you decided to reopen yeah. your commitment. So I could definitely understand from. Not, nothing's wrong with Miami of Ohio yeah Penn State's definitely on a different level in terms of facilities yeah. overall experience I, I think you probably made the right call on that one
1: yeah I think Miami like uh you know at the time I committed at a pretty young age and honestly like the years before they were in the frozen four twice they lost in the national championship to to BU um like two years before I committed and like They were actually a really good program. They were doing well. And then, um, you know, a couple coaches got fired. And then I think I went through like three different coaches there. And I was kind of, you know, just fed up with it and wanted to uh, go somewhere where I knew it was stable. And kind of opened up my recruitment. Um, I think I was like 17 and um, visited a couple schools, talked to some coaches, and then kind of narrowed it down and came down to, to Penn State. Happy I made the decision.
0: If, if I may ask, what was what was the other schools in the mix at the end? What was like the final the final three? What happened? The, 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 yeah, the final three, yeah. The final three
1: was uh it was came down to Ohio State and Boston College for me and then Penn State Ooh. and decided to decided to uh go with Coach Guy Gadowski. I felt he just yeah. you know, loved my game the most and I thought I'd fit well there.
0: So the hometown Tough decision school- though. Yeah, the hometown school, as I say, you to talking about yes. Ohio State before, but yeah, you definitely got to go based on what, what program you feel best instead of just staying local, yeah. personally. so I, My I, buddies do think weren't you... too happy. My buddies weren't oh, too yeah. happy
1: about that one.
0: They wanted me and yeah. all my friends go to Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, for me, like Rutgers, all my friends went to Rutgers. I decided to, well, I obviously, didn't play college sports, but yeah, I was like... I'm heading out, going back, going down to Miami. We got to get University of Miami a college hockey program, but uh, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah, I think that is I think so <laughs> <sick. laughs> You be like Arizona State, U Miami, yeah. get a team up in Tampa, all that stuff. Grow the game, grow the game, take notes, grow the game. But, But uh, overall, your your come up, I, I saw in a previous interview that you grew up, you played for like the Red Wings or like around that area of Detroit. You played for like Chris Draper. So if you can kind of speak on like how you came up because I'm sure a lot of my followers are between like the ages of 12 to 18, playing hockey, trying to follow the dream, get to college hockey, maybe get to the pros one day. So if you can kind of document your personal experience and the steps that you took to get to where you are right now.
1: Yeah, I uh, grew up in Toledo, Ohio, uh, just a small town and, um, you know, not big on hockey. We, uh, not too many guys come out of Toledo and play Division One or, or the NHL, so it was kind of just started playing there and then um, kind of getting some interest from, you know, select teams and all that stuff. And um, I think the age, like 10, I got invited to play for Team Detroit in the Brick Invitational, and At the time, Chris Draper was the coach, so and he was still playing playing in the NHL, so it was kind of like, yeah, I'll come, I'll come play for this guy. It's (laughs) that'd be pretty cool. So we try out, we go there, and of course, like our first practice is in the Red Wings arena. And next thing I know, Dad in the locker room and Zetterberg and all these Red Wings guys, and I'm you know ten years old, meeting all these studs. It was pretty pretty amazing. So got uh, made a pretty good connection with Chris, and um, he obviously liked me as a player, so. Um, the following two years I played in Toledo and then, um, got the call from him to, to come out to Detroit and play for little Caesars with him and his team and absolutely loved it. I mean, it was, it it was probably the coolest thing I'll ever do in my life. Like we were practicing before the Red Wings game. And then after the practice, we would just get undressed and go up to the suites and watch the Red Wings game for free with our parents. Like Chris set us all up. And then some practices we would literally have like the away team, like, Ovechkin Sidney Crosby I met so many guys would just walk through our locker room door and Chris would introduce them and they'd give us tips of advice and you know at the age of 14 or 13 however old I was you're not really thinking much of it you're kind of like oh this is so cool but looking back at it it was like how many kids get to like meet all these NHLers yeah, yeah it was it was unbelievable and then we practiced we got moved to the new Red Wings arena and like I said we just Larkin skated with us like he was doing one-on-one battles with Dylan Larkin at the age of 15 (laughs) it was like what the heck's going on so it was truly an amazing experience and then um, so I played 14-15s there for Little Caesars and then kind of got some interest from the USHL and um, a couple teams offered uh, to tender um, which means uh, you pretty much get picked before the draft so I decided to take a big jump at the age of 16 and go play in the USHL, which I think most people do say it's one of the hardest jumps to make in hockey. I mean, you're literally going from children like playing with your own age to absolute 21 year old meds. So that was a big jump for sure. And it was tough, but, um, you know, I learned a lot about myself and I had a pretty good first year, um, as a 16 year old and then was able to go to the, uh, us, um, national camp tryouts and um uh, made the the team that headed over to the holinka gretzky cup so that was pretty cool got to play overseas a little bit with team usa and had a had a really good tournament it was a lot of fun and i mean it was pretty cool there's just all the nhl scouts are there because that's kind of the first scouting for that age group so got to play you know team canada guys like cole perfetti and quinton byfield and um uh, jamie drysdale all those guys so that was awesome um and then yeah, I played in the USHL for my sophomore, junior and senior season. Senior year in school and then headed uh to Penn State. That's awesome,
0: man. That's that, that that's a really cool journey you've been dedicated on the path. How was your USHL experience overall? Positive? Uh good learning? I don't know. Like just 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 what was yeah. would you recommend like that path for players?
1: Yeah, yeah, the USHL, is it, it's the best league uh, if you're trying to play college hockey, if you're obviously trying to go uh, major junior, which funny story, I was actually drafted by the Sarnia Sting in the OHL, which, you know, wow. it was cool. I got to go visit, um, I went over to Sarnia and went to a playoff game and met the GM and all that and kind of did the whole tour and um, kind of made the decision at that age that I was going to play college hockey, being from America, from the States, and obviously my parents wanted me to go to school, but... Yeah. Obviously major juniors good but um the USHL is it, it's the best of the best uh in the United States you can't beat it um i had uh i it was it was tough for sure i mean it's really hard hockey but i had some good years and then i mean i've had battled some injuries uh like my my first year draft eligible like game 3 i got hit and broke my collarbone um was out for 3 months and yeah. then came back and then covid hit so I didn't really get to play in that uh, season, and then my second year, uh, I got hurt again. Um, I I just got hit and something with my head. I was out for a while. Came back from injury from that, and then obviously my third and final year, where I played a little bit in Youngstown, a little bit in Tri-City, was uh, a healthy season, thank God, and um, it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. It's definitely a great league for for kids that want to develop, and um I mean I think it's like 99% of kids from the USHL end up playing Division 1. So if you can get there you got a pretty good shot at at making a college hockey roster. So definitely recommend um playing in the USHL if your plan is to play college.
0: Yeah, no, that that's awesome. I feel like even like some Canadians are starting to head to the USHL just because regarding college hockey, you obviously get a fantastic education versus chl you're like done by 20 and then you really have nothing to do so i feel like the ushl is only going to continue to grow so it's good that that you have positive things to say but kind of moving on maybe last hockey question here who did you growing up kind of model your game around
1: it's kind of changed like i just love watching like each year like the new studs like who's the best like i think it's just so cool to kind of just pick guys like Play a part in what they do really well. I think like growing up when I was a kid. Um, honestly, like more recent, like I really love. I love Matthew Barzell. I think he's so fun to watch. Like his nice, first couple nice. years in the league were ridiculous. Like I would watch that guy's high. Like his skating was so cool. He's a righty. He skates low to the ice like me. Like I thought he was just so talented. And then now, like I, it's crazy to say because he's younger than me, but like Bedard. Like watching this kid play is just. It's absolutely unbelievable. I think, like, I mean, it's shot. Like, we're, like I said, like, guys are just, even at our team, we're Division I college hockey in the Big Ten. Like, they were just like picking apart this kid's shot, like, trying to work on it because it's so good. So, I would just say, like, I wouldn't set one guy in stone. I just kind of watch a bunch of guys and just pick parts of their game and try to see what they're doing well and see if I can implement it.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's really good. If you can if you can skate like Barzell and have a shot like and yeah. Card, you're gonna you're gonna be quite the player. They they yeah. yeah, you don't just go one player trying to pick and choose in terms of that. Do you want to get into some more uh, fun nonsensical uh, questions now? Yeah, sure. All right. I what's your go-to pregame ritual? Do you do like anything before the game, or do you just get out there and warm up and then dominate?
1: Yeah, um, uh, I think. My main thing is uh me and my teammate Danny Janev. It's actually funny, he's the smallest player to ever play college hockey, which is five oh, foot shit. four. Yeah, it's kinda crazy. He's a stud though. Um yeah. we always go sit on the bench and like when we get to the rink, like we'll literally take our suits off and we'll go sit on the bench and our student section is filled to the top. Like before Jeez. the like, two and a half hours before the game. So we always go there and they uh we just kinda sit on the bench and Interact with the student section, kind of just hang out just to kind of get the vibes going, just relax. Um, we always drink uh, like a certain drink and then we head to the locker room. So I'd say that's probably my only superstition.
0: Eyes, I respect that. Get get to know the fans, interact with people, showing up yeah. support you. And then... Then getting ready to go. So, your favorite NHL team is the Red Wings. I can presume, presume based on that, yeah. based on that story. What's what's your expectations for the Red Wings this season? What's what do you think's gonna happen?
1: Man, I mean, you would think by now, you know, hopefully the Eisenman plan's coming along. Um, I mean, I think we took steps. I don't know about our defense. Like, I know everyone says they're great, and they're a lot older. I mean, I hope Cider can take another jump. I think that's going to be big for them. And I think if he can really establish himself as a top defenseman in the league, that would be huge for us. Um, I do think Raymond took a drop back last year. I thought he was pretty good, but I I don't know. I just feel like they didn't really give him as much. I mean, his rookie year, he's a stud. Like, He was all over the place. So hopefully this year, yeah, yeah, hopefully this year he kind of figures that out. But, I mean, hopefully they played Brinkett, Larkin, and Raymond. That would be be an awesome line. So hoping to see that. I'm not going to say we're going to be in the playoffs, but I think we'll be in the mix
0: all year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like for them, like, they get 90 points. The Brinkett scores like, over 35 goals. Yeah. Larkin gets, like, back to, like, 57, 60 points. Sider goes for, like, 55. As long as their, like, core pieces do, like, half decent, I think that's a successful season. They don't need to be, like, all in yet because they still got a ton of guys yeah. coming up. But that would be a pretty successful season. Who's your favorite Does, player on on the current Detroit Red Wings, if I may ask? Um, Probably Larkin. I've
1: met him a bunch. Like, yeah, he's just... He's an awesome guy. We've skated with him before. I think he's just, I think he's super talented. One of the best skaters still, I believe, in the league. He's um, super talented. Um, he's a great leader. I just, I don't know. I feel like this year is a big year for him. I think he can take another step and hopefully uh, kind of really establish himself as one of those top centers in the league. And I mean, he has the talent. He. I mean, his first couple of years for the Red Wings, this rookie season. I remember going to the games; it was ridiculous when he was playing with Zanderberg. He was just unbelievable, fresh out of Michigan. But hopefully, he uh, takes another jump and and get the Red Wings back in the playoffs because yeah. those were the days we were we were spoiled for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude, talk about it. And then Markin's getting paid like number one center now. He's not making like I think like seven million yeah. before. He's making almost like nine now. So they kind of need him to pop out, pop off, but uh. Who's your least favorite NHL team on the flip side of that? And uh, why don't you like them?
1: Man, least favorite. Probably the Flyers right now. I mean, they're just so, they're so bad. They're always so bad. (laughs) I don't like, uh, I think Tortorella, like, I don't like when he, like, makes fun of Zgris for doing, like, the Michigan or says it's not a part of the game. I think that's, like, crazy, like, nowadays like that's like one of the best things for the game like when the guy did the flip behind the net you have like three five hundred thousand kids trying it the next day like it's so yeah. good for growing the game like old style is is moving on we're coming into the the new style of hockey so i don't know i'm not really a fan of him so i guess i'll go with the flyers or my no yeah favorite yeah team right now
0: that that's respectful yeah i didn't think of why like it sounds like they're so bad but yeah john tortorello is like Now that Babcock's fired like the biggest boomer in the entire league. And it's similar with the Zegers stuff. It's similar to like when Steph Curry, like 2015, 2016, kids were just chucking on the playgrounds and it helped grow the games. Like the fact Tortorello is not, yeah, like down with that. He's just a dinosaur. Game's going to move past him, And hopefully he'll be gone by the time the Flyers are, are already starting to contend. But uh, moving on to a little Penn state question. What's your major in school right now? What are you in? So I am uh
1: public relations, um, it's communications major. Um, not really sure what I want to do with that yet. Kind of just, it was a good major. Um, uh, it's nothing crazy. It's my roommate last year, um, was pre-med. Like I watched that guy go through hell oh, every night. Wow. So I was like, absolutely not, not the biggest school guy, but, um, a degree from Penn State gets the job done. So hopefully yeah. I can, uh. Just uh keep doing well in classes and get a degree
0: and, and get out of here. Yeah, now, from my personal experience, I majored in business. Not doing business right now. So it's yeah, you, you'll make it I mean, work. Yeah. It's not and, and, unless you plan on becoming a doctor where like you have to do pre med and stuff like that, it's really like not not that important. But when you are in class, do you sit in the front row or are you chilling in the back row?
1: Yeah, um, our coach is big on that. Like our, our coaches take school very seriously. Like we got a thing in the locker room of like our overall team GPA every year, and um, they definitely like expect us to be in the front and introduce ourselves. So I would say I'm normally in the front unless it's uh, unless it was a long weekend and I'm struggling that week. We'll we'll be in the back, <laughs> but normally in the front
0: i respect that I, I at miami it was like the football players were just in the back like throwing paper planes they did not care at all so it's good it's good that uh the culture the standard within the penn state men's hockey program is to be academic yeah. is academic as hell but uh penn state penn state had that one tiktok right the academic weapon kids you know that guy
1: yeah brad Yeah, we did a couple <laughs> of videos of
0: him really? yeah. so yeah, yeah you're learning from him that's smart that's yeah. smart and then I got a hypothetical. You have 3 seats at a dinner, so you get to be with 3 people at a dinner. You have to pick one hockey player, one you one musician and one actor who you go with. Dream dinner lineup.
1: Hmm. So, musician is uh I'm a big Justin Bieber guy. Love Justin Bieber. I, I know he's a, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I get tripped a lot by the boys on that one, but I just eat it. I, I mean, he's a hockey guy. He played hockey. The guy's – his music's good. I like his music, and he supports the NHL. He loves the Maple Leafs. He's actually like boys with Matthew, so I think that's so cool. Actually, yeah, so I'm going to go Justin Bieber and then actor. Um, oof, man. Probably Leo. I mean, he's just. a stud, that stud, 25 is years of That stud. I just, yeah, I want to get his take on like this guy gets a new girlfriend like twice a week. So I want to figure that out. And what what his is his mindset? Yeah. He kicks him to the curb. He kicks yeah. him to the curb. It's crazy. <laughs> it's I think crazy. it's, yeah. Yeah. So like figure that out with him. I think that'd be an interesting conversation. And then a hockey player. I mean, I, I, it's crazy. I've met probably so many NHL <laughs> guys, which is crazy. So I'm trying I to think of someone I haven't that, yeah. met. Um, I'm gonna go Bedard. I'm gonna, I, w- I would like to see like what the heck that kid did at the age of like six. Like, was he just doing change arm change. curls Dude. and forearm workouts <laughs> and just like knew he was gonna be in the NHL at that age? Like, I want to pick that guy's brain for sure.
0: Yeah, there was a thing that he said that like. Or his mom said that he never had like fast food or cal- like that. That's absurd. Like I understand, like keep your diet, like okay, but like he's never had a cheeseburger. Like what do you do on Halloween? Like he got like the frigging apples. Oh and no, fruits.
1: <laughs> I, I mean it, he's literally the most like his, his he's just built like a hawk player. He's got yeah. the legs, the the forearms, and then obviously like he's been
0: dialed since he was a kid, so it's working out for him. Nice. nice. Yeah. So, so Leo, Bieber, Bedard, basically all like child prodigies. Yeah. Bieber was like big at like 16. Leo was big at like six. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that, that, that's, that's a pretty solid lineup. That's a pretty solid lineup. And lastly, what is your favorite hockey phrase? Like a hockey word, hockey slang? Oh, man.
1: Probably, I say, I mean, just like, mess with the guys like call uh, beauty so probably the number one yeah just call I the guy a like couple times good the or bad yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beauty
0: love throwing that around the locker
1: room so we'll <laughs> go with beauty
0: i love it uh thank you this was great we went for like 30 minutes anything you want to plug social media handles penn state hockey floor is yours thank you for hopping on
1: yeah, I appreciate you having me. I actually got, do you think, I got a question for, you? do you think uh, Patrick Kane finds his way to the Red Wings with the Brinkett, or?
0: Oh, I think he's going to, like, sit out the start of the year, rehab, and then if the Red Wings are, like, still in the mix, like, for a playoff spot, I think it's definitely possible. I I don't think he's going to, like, join them if they're, like, out of the playoffs just to be with the Brinkett. I think he's pulling, like, an old Dell Beckham Jr. when he tore his ACL and then just, like, waited for, like the right team to sh- kind of show up and then go there. I probably wouldn't say the Red Wings, but it is the team that makes by far the most sense with Dabrinkit. I-, I would want to see it, just, just to see Dabrinkit and Kane back together. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I mean, that would be like, oh, my gosh. That would be so cool to see. I mean, I know he's obviously dropped off a little bit. Like, now he's getting older. But, I mean, it's still Patrick Kane. Like, no, he's- he's still it would be so cool, yeah. Players. And I think him and Dabrinkit would... I mean, I don't know. I thought him and Panarin were going to do really well together, but um, yeah. they were kind of... Eh, they didn't really have that old chemistry, so maybe maybe Dabrinkit was his guy, so maybe we got to get him back together. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't go to Buffalo, because we got a lot of Buffalo guys on our team, and I don't need to hear that.
0: Yeah, buff, Buffalo would be cool because it is like the, the coming home, but I, I personally would rather see him in Detroit just to get that Dabrinkit and Kane, Kane going. But uh, anything else you want to plug? Anything... Anything at
1: all? Um, No, I mean, I think, uh, I think we hit it all.
0: I appreciate it. Like I said
1: before, having me on. I, uh, no problem, man. Love the takes, man. Love the takes. Thank the takes you. are good. I'm always showing them the boys in the in the locker room. <laughs> we actually, I got a funny one. So me and a couple guys on the team are huge Star Wars fans. And we nice, saw nice. you uh, rank the oh, Star rank Wars them, yeah. movies. Oh, we were going at it about them. We were just all <laughs> picking and it. It It is hilarious. What's, 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 your I, well,
0: what's, your, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Oh,
1: what's your top three? I the boys are gonna shirt me again on the air. Um, probably by top three. Oh. Um So we had a discussion. I don't know. Phantom Menace <laughs> is so underrated. So I'm gonna go <laughs> Not Menace. top
0: three, not top three, man. No, we're we'll gonna throw it in top three. We'll go. <laughs> I can see top five. Uh, I can see top five.
1: Empire. I like. I love Empire Strikes Back. I think that's sick. It's respectable. That's respectable. Um. Oh, this is so hard for me. I mean, Revenge of the Sith. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah.
0: For for people our age, prequels. I guess you're, yeah, you're only, like, two years old. Yeah, younger you, than can't, younger you can't. Or The, but,
1: the new know. ones are terrible. I absolutely hate all the yeah. new ones.
0: Nine yeah, is, is by it, far the worst one.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I can't really put top three. Like, I love Empire Strikes Back. I love Return of the Jedi. I love um, Revenge of the Sith.
0: And I, lo- I don't know why. I just love Phantom Menace. I think it's unbelievable. I, I, I love I, the I old think, style. I, I will say it's underrated. It It is kind of underrated. Obviously, pod racing, uh, Darth, Maul's, Darth like Maul. entire character is nuts. So but, sick. but but there's a couple. Like, it's obviously so much worse than Attack of the Clones, but like, in Phantom Menace, there is some cringe dialogue where you're like, your yeah. skin is like borderline crawling. He's George Lucas is no, just mean, like trying yeah. to cook.
1: Attack of the Clones is definitely above that for sure. I don't know. It's tough. I just, I can never do this. We always have arguments, and then I change it the next day. But we'll go with that for right now.
0: I respect it. I respect it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for hopping on. We'll we'll hopefully do this again probably like midway through the season or at the end of the season once Penn State's absolutely cooking in the Big Ten and yeah. out of the yeah. title. But uh, best of luck with your season. We're all obviously hoping that you come back midseason and tear it up. And, yeah, thanks for ha- hopping on. really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we gotta we gotta get you out to a Penn State game this year.
0: Oh, dude, you know you, you gotta know. Come experience yeah, it. <laughs> I I mean, it's sold out. I thought, can I even get in at this point? I'll, I'll, if you come, I'll get you
1: tickets. You and your boys, right. I'll get you to the Whiteout game this year. I
0: right, bet bet vlog Penn <laughs> State good. vlog. We're going we're going through the facilities. Yes. I'm, I'm yes. basically just doing a Penn State hockey promo ad at this point. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll be
1: I'll be I'll decked out in the jumpsuit. <laughs> that would be nuts. That would be <laughs> awesome on Not the bench down. for the game
0: calling calling yeah. the things but uh yeah thank you so